following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. The fourth part of any trilogy is a bit of an absurdity. Indulgent, crass, unnecessary, posturing for show. We're sick of hearing our own voices endlessly repeat the chorus. But I guess we all make lifestyle choices. Some sink pretty low. Sewell, a problem in sack, her tent's been struck and her bags are packed. Gave Rishi so much flack he had to let her go. She turned being rule into an art. She left more stain than a megaton shot. She made the mess job really hard. Division she did so. She played Pine Piper to the mass, then engineered her own collapse. Now bites and squeals like shipwreck crabs that scramble off the boat. Sewell, the problem's gone. Hopping mad like a leprechaun. Plotting rebellion, she'll huff and puff and blow. Her main enduring legacy was. <laughs> Who knows when next she'll spread her views? A far right party, GB News. Or one day we'll just find red shoes and wonder where'd she go? The Marsh family. Sewell oh, is now become politically irrelevant. <laughs> Upstage, my camera, the stories come and go. Sewell is sacked in time to join some festive pantomime. Slapstick stunts, offensive lies, she'll steal the whole damn show. All right, now I think they're done. The Marsh oh, family. <laughs> and the dogs. <laughs> See, I told you. They, they did the one, perfect. Two, I, I, oh, three. they're not done yet. Huh. Huh. Okay. One. He made a brilliant noise. Okay, they're still having fun with it. I told you the other day when the news broke that Suala Breverman was fired by Rishi Sumak, the prime minister of... Uh, the UK, that uh, the Marsh family would have another song soon. And sure enough, they did. So I thought I'd start off like that because, hey, levity. Yeah, because we do that from he- around here from time to time. Um, there's stuff. There's stuff going on in the news. Howie Klein's going to be here. Um, but I, I'm still on a bit of a tear based on, you know, the canceling of this show. And in the, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. And as I said on an interview this morning, um, when I was asked by the awesome talk show host, Turi Ryder, um, if, uh, if they all of a sudden came to their senses over at KPFK and said, you know, we're sorry, I, you know, please accept our apology and come back, I'd tell them to take this job and shove it. So um, now, uh, thank you. Dawn O'Leary's in the chat room. She said she heard it. A few people heard it, but more people asked me to post it. And I thought, here's what I'd do because I'm still, 
I'm not feeling great today, to be honest with you. So I thought for the first half of the show, I will share with you that interview. And then at the bottom of the hour, as usual on Thursdays, Howie Klein will be here. Um, so with no further ado, uh, so, so here's the thing, Tori Ryder, I have known of her. We've, we've had parallel careers for years. We were both on in Los Angeles at the same time at different radio stations. And I've known of her. We've just never met until, well, we spoke very briefly last night or yesterday, right before the show. She invited me on the show. She was filling in on the morning show on, on, um, uh, WCPT, Chicago's progressive, uh, talk station and, uh, asked me to come on. And so, you know, for those of you who didn't get to hear it, you will now. It is Santita Jackson's show. I am Tori with you, Rider Like the Truck, in for Santita. This is an opportunity for you. Oh, by the way, Santita, we hope we'll be back Monday, just in case you're wondering, where the heck is Santita Jackson? Resting, mending, wait till Monday, patience, patience. You will have your Santita back again. You may have met this woman if you've been a long, long, long time WCPG listener. Uh, she was part of an earlier incarnation, probably the first network, uh, one of the first, because I guess Pacifica was before that, to try to do um, progressive talk. That was Air uh, America. And, which was very active during the rise of right-wing talk. But she's done all kinds of radio. She's been on in New York. She's been on in Los Angeles. She's hosted her own morning show. She's been a boss. She's been a music director. And weirdly, she's hosted every day part except the traditional girl shift of overnights. <clears throat> I can speak to that. Uh, and she moved online from uh, a show on this progressive network. Her name is Nicole Sandler. She was just about to move back to being over the air again on the progressive station in Los Angeles. And then something happened. Nicole, welcome to WCPT. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, Tori. It's good to talk to you. Okay. So what happened to set it all up, let it all out without the, let's hear the whole, the whole thing. I want to know. The bottom line is um, for a a while now, this new interim program director at KPFK in Los Angeles, which is the Pacifica station there, um, has been trying to get me on the air. She is apparently a fan of, uh, she was a fan back in the Mark and Brian days, Uh, In the early 90s, I produced Mark and Brian, the number one morning show in L.A., um, and is still a fan of my online show. That's why this is so peculiar, because she's been listening for a long time and seemingly had no problem with the fact that I use some salty language online, where guess what? You're allowed to do that because the FCC has no say. They have no control. There are no seven dirty words you can't say on the Internet. Um, Right. As you mentioned, I'm a pro. I've been doing this for over 40 years. I've been on the air and I've been on the Internet. The two are completely different. Um, And so, you know, for months, this show has been in the works. They've they I just moved from Florida to Arizona before I left Florida. They offered me the show. We've been planning it. It was supposed to begin this Friday, tomorrow. Yesterday, and this would have been this would have been a weekly show mm-hmm. on the air in Los Angeles, right? Right. That's, it was. That's what it was, was going to be Fridays at five o'clock, which, frankly, is the best time of the week. And I was going to do a light 
fun, you know, deconstructing the news one segment, having a guest another and opening the phones to talk to the people of Los Angeles, bring in music and and fun and yeah, tackle difficult topics, but certainly a completely different show than what I do online. Um, so what went wrong? Well, you know, last week, I, I'm, I'm in addition to doing my show at NicoleSandler.com, I stream live onto YouTube and Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, all the usual outlets. And the, the, my YouTube chat room is very active during the show. So, and I'm a one woman show. I produce it. I engineer it. I do everything. Um, and I monitor the chat room. Well, I noticed last week a couple of what I will call trolls. And one was this woman who I later found out. Wait, 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 yeah. wait hold yeah. up before mm-hmm. you get to that. Yes, yes. What had you been talking about that might have mm. led someone to troll To troll you? me. Well, I, you know, for a progressive, I have the very unpopular stance of uh, talking about the uh, war between Israel and Hamas. Um, that, uh, you know, it's funny, what I say is, I'm an atheist Jew. I've never, never been religious at all. I've never felt a great compunction to come forward and, and, and profess my Judaism or my support for Israel. In fact, I've been very critical. I think, I think Netanyahu is a war criminal. I think he needs to go. He's, a, a, he's got multiple criminal indictments against him, just like the former guy here, and he should not be in office. Um, I've been very clear about that. I don't like their policies. However, I support Israel's right to exist. And a flip, a switch was flipped in my brain after October 7th. I am still stunned by the atrocities that were committed on innocent civilians inside of Israel by Hamas. I don't confuse Hamas with the Palestinian population. I'm, I, I think Gaza is an open-air prison. I mean, I, I, I say I hit all the right progressive notes. After all, I'm a lifelong progressive. However, my stance that there can be no ceasefire if both parties don't adhere to it, that there was a ceasefire in effect on October 7th when Hamas broke it and invaded Israel and committed atrocities that we've not seen since the Holocaust. Um, uh, apparently, that was a bridge too far for at least one of the members of the KPFK local station board. Um, and so this. So wait, wait, you yeah. were, hold up. I got your position gotcha. now. So yeah. there's somebody, you're talking about this, and you notice on your chat that someone is upset about this. Have I got that right? You got that right. And she came in to okay, stir so up trouble. It, this particular topic was the thing that caused her to pop up. And what kinds of things was she saying about you in your chat? And by the way, none of that is really unusual. Do we get trolled? I get trolled. You All get the trolled. But in, in this case, what, what kind of stuff seemed to be bothering her? Well, she the, the fact that I could dare... Um, be defending Israel in any way, shape, or form. Now, granted, I don't defend Netanyahu. I don't defend a lot of the actions by the IDF. I don't like the Likud party. I think um, Israel has lost its course. However, the innocent Israeli people did not deserve what was rained down upon them that day. And by the way, every day, and this is also part of my problem, is that the media coverage has been so one-sided. We hear about rockets going from Israel into Gaza, but you don't hear about the thousands of rockets that go every day from Gaza 
into Israel. The reason why they have yes, roadside. I, I want to point that out. They are certainly not out of rockets on the Hamas. Oh no. Side. Oh no. No, they're not out of they're not out of ammo. So, okay, I mean if, if people who are upset about the, the hospital invasion and it's disturbing um it's interesting. I heard uh, somebody talking to the BBC the other day, and he finally let the BBC have it. He said, you know, you would just believe any numbers Hamas gives you. Mm-hmm. You just assume that the people shooting people trying to leave the hospital are Israel. You have no proof for any of this. And it's been very interesting, as you point out, to watch the news organizations just sort of repeating on, on both sides, for that matter, yeah. whatever line they're given. Although when Israel says, you know, we we have proof, they say, well, the news organizations will say, well, we we haven't verified this. Right. Proof. Exactly. But interestingly, when uh, when Hamas gives figures, the most you'll get out of the the mainstream media is um, the health authority is Hamas. Right. So. Yeah, they don't go that next day. So now you're getting trolled. This woman is saying what now to you? She's just, she's, she's harassing, honestly, people in the chat room where I heard from a number of them. Who is this person? She professed to, to have listened to my show because I've guest hosted. I don't know if you know Brad Friedman, who hosts the broadcast. Brad is an old dear friend of mine. I've guest hosted his show dozens of times. I've been on KPFK's air hosting his show. I'm up on the Pacifica, you know, um, library where all the stations can pick those shows. I've done it dozens of times. Not only has there never been a complaint about me, <laughs> um, but, but, but people have praised and said, why aren't you on more often? Um, okay, so right? now let's, let's move forward. So now okay. you've set the table nicely. Okay. So now you're supposed to start your KPFK show tomorrow. 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 It had been now in, what happened? Well, it had been in the works for months. And on, so this woman trolled my chat room for two days. By the way, I thought, you know, we're on the Progressive Voices Network as well. And I follow Randy Rhodes. And so uh, I heard from a number of my regulars in the chat room that the, the same woman was trolling Randy Rhodes chat room because Go figure. She has the same position that I do regarding this war. I pretty much just just for full disclosure, I would I would say that I'm. You could probably speak well for me as as well, just in case anybody wants to know full disclosure where I am on this. Okay. But go ahead. So now now it turns out she's all over the progressive networks, and now magically something happens to your show that you're supposed to start. Right. So I I get a call on Sunday from the interim GM and the interim program director of KPFK because they don't have they don't have any actual staff because in case you hadn't heard Pacifica is is hanging by a thread KPFK particularly they're about to lose their building um, they're having financial problems gee I wonder why so um, so I get a call from them they're concerned all of a sudden because of the language that I use on my show on the internet and I explained to them, I've been doing this for over 40 years. I, as I told you at the beginning, I know the difference between online and over the air. They're two different animals. There are uh, uh, regulations that you must adhere to. And in fact, my first right. show on KPFK so, was going to have Kelly Carlin as a guest to talk about the Seven Dirty Words case. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. Okay, so so they... They reach out to you, what, by phone, by message and email saying, you know, we're, we're really worried, Nicole. You use some, some racy language there yep. on your online broadcast. Now, racy, and, but not racist. 
<laughs> oh no, no, no. Difference. absolutely with a Y, yes. not an I. Thank you. You, you, yeah, you skate right up to that. Um, I mean, we all skate right up to the line on the air, but we know the difference. I of mean, course. we all know what we can. Okay, because so we're you pros. Get this, what is it? A call or an email? Oh, we have a, we you? have a conference call on Sunday, and they raise ah, their okay. uh, concerns. And I thought I assuaged their concerns, um, and I, I gave them other. Sh- so apparently, this person suggested that the uh, GM listen to a few. Sp- specific shows in which, to be honest with you, I was raw. I was emotional. I get that way. It's my little corner of the internet. Uh, No one's paying me a salary. The only money I make from it is the donations from listeners. Um, That's not what I do when I'm over the air. It's a different animal. So I thought... Well, they should be clear. I mean, it's very odd. It's like saying to somebody, you know, we're worried about your professional uh, clothing presentation at work based on the photos your husband took of you in lingerie. I mean, right. it makes no sense. It, exactly. two different settings, two different purposes, two different opportunities for you to communicate in two different spheres. Mm-hmm. And obviously you make this clear to them. And then what happens? Um, you assuage them, you think. I thought until yesterday, as I'm promoting the show, as I've been doing, because it was supposed to start Friday, tomorrow at five o'clock. Um, and I put out, you know, I had get, recorded promos for them. I had made graphics for them. Everything they asked me to do, uh, I was doing. And I I put out uh, a, a few social media posts. And then I go on the, the KPFK website and I see that, my, there's no mention of me at all. In fact, there's a whole Ooh. paragraph on the homepage of the changes happening starting this week, but I'm left off. So I Ooh. emailed the interim program director, um, hear nothing. I text her, hear nothing. I text her again. And then I get a phone call from the general manager saying, you know, I had a really rough night. The station was knocked off the air. And he's going through a whole litany of things that are, you know, that are problems at KPFK right now, none of which has anything to do with me. And then he says, and so um, it was a tough decision, but we decided not to move forward with your show. I'm like, wait a minute. This huh. has been months in the works. Your program director is a regular listener and a fan of what I do. But all of a sudden, now you have concerns? Why? The so only thing that changed. You, yeah, why? Why? What, what is the reason? Well, yeah, the why? reason they gave is, well, it changes. It keeps changing. And I'm hearing from a lot of listeners who called the station yesterday, and they're all being told something different. My language, they don't trust me. It's like, really? Where in my 40 years on the air? How, I told the story yesterday of the one time I said the SH word. Uh, by mistake, because my mic was open one time in 40 years. Um, It's not an issue. But this one person who was trolling my chat room sits on the local board of KPFK. Ah, It's Pacifica, and they're governed by committee. Um, Well, because on the call on Saturday, the first thing they said was her name. And I'm like, ah, uh, of course it was. I knew she was so trolling. Then, let, let's pause. Mm-hmm. Let's pause for a moment just mm-hmm. to make sure if people are joining us on the Santita Jackson show, just so they know. We're talking with Nicole Sandler. She has an online talk show. She's a 
40-year over-the-air radio veteran. You may have even heard her on these airwaves mm-hmm. in years gone by. She gets a gig once a week at, at Pacifica's Progressive Talk Station in L.A., and somebody doesn't like her take right. on the Israel-Hamas war. That person sits on the board, mm-hmm. and they make trouble. And instead of instead of saying to you, um, we'd rather you just didn't tackle this topic, for example. Which I wasn't planning on um, doing anyway. <laughs> They just say, you know what, we're, we're not going to, we're going to punish you. Mm-hmm. We're going to take away this work opportunity for you. And then we're going to blame it on language that you use in a completely different context. Exactly. That, that's about well, it. Well, that strikes me. So, so what would you call that? Well, I would say here, the only, you know, so what changed? In the two months, the two and a half months we've been planning this program, in which um, the interim program director has been listening, knows exactly what I say and do on my show, never raised a concern because she knows that I'm a pro. What changed? Gee, my stance on the, on the the fact that there is this war and my opinion on it. Now, they won't come out and say that, of course. No, they have a pro- they don't trust me. I've given them no reason not to trust me. Um, and so, you know, this woman, from what I learned, I, someone commented on YouTube on, on my show from yesterday when I explained the whole story and said she's in a Zoom group with this woman, this person who trolled my chat room, and she rallied support. It's very political, not terms of electoral politics, but station politics. There are two different factions at KPFK. She rallied her troops to have me canceled. By the way, I was volunteering my time. They weren't going to pay me for the show. Well, I... I I'm guessing that she raises money for the, the oh, yeah. outfit. I, oh, I'm sure. I have to say that the, the one time, KPF, all the Pacifica stations mm-hmm. have been, whether you agree with the stance or not, but they've had an anti-Zionist uh, position for, for years. Yes. This is not new for mm-hmm. them. Nope. Um, I, whether you like it or whether you don't. But what's interesting to me is when progressive groups have decided that there's only one way to be a progressive. There's only one view you can have. And even when I mentioned on my socials that you were going to come and and speak about um, your unemployment, you can't really call it a firing because they didn't technically hire you. My canceling. You're canceling, right. I immediately got political stuff. Well, she doesn't believe this. Did she say this? Did she say that? (laughs) And it, it isn't even at this point about what you said. It's about whether there is some checklist that you have to subscribe to or some particular views that you must hold in order to be considered a progressive. Right. And at this point, I think it's becoming very, very clear. I mean, weirdly, progressive people, allies with progressive causes are being shoved out of the the formerly warm and welcoming and fuzzy home mm-hmm. um, because we don't share a particular view on one particular subject. And even now I'm looking at the, I'm looking at my phone lines and people want to push back on your view. Wow. But that's not the same thing as saying you have, no. you're not a progressive because you have this view. Right. And people and are I allowed really... to disagree with me. They do all the time. Um, but, but be honest about it. Yeah. One, th- one thing though, Tori, that I saw on your socials that you said, was she fired for being Jewish? 
it wasn't because I'm Jewish. The, the, the interim GM made a point to tell me that he's Jewish. It's not about that. It's about my stance on the war. I think Hamas needs to be defeated. I think the hostages need to be brought home. And I know for a fact, because they've told us time and again, Hamas has, that they would not adhere to any ceasefire. And a ceasefire only works if both sides participate. Yes. Well, that that's just math. Yeah. Yeah. If you only have if you only have one side not shooting, that that is not a ceasefire. That's a surrender. That's right. Um, I have you followed at all? The New York Times did a very interesting podcast about what Hamas wanted out of October seventh and this effort. What is it that they really wanted? And it was kind of fascinating to me. Uh, the New York Times reporter met with Hamas's political machine, which operates in Lebanon and operates in uh, Qatar, and they, they, they just wanted, I swear this was so horrifying, chilled me in my soul, they just wanted to shake things up. They wanted to bring their cause forward. Yeah. And they didn't, they, they didn't really, they were asked by the New York Times reporter, what about the civilian death toll that you knew would follow? Because, of course, it was pretty obvious mm-hmm. what, what would follow. Right. And, and their response and the was... We're happy to be martyrs. Reporter said over and over again, they did not give a satisfactory answer to that question. And by satisfactory, I'm assuming he meant we care about our civilians here in Gaza. They don't. Um, It's it's a it's a really interesting. Yeah, it really is fascinating. And I. And then on the same, like, uh, you, if you hear the BBC, you'll hear about these ongoing massacres in South Sudan. You hear about them you know, all over Bingo. the world. And yet, Where's for, the some outrage? Reason, yep. for some reason, the National Book Award, uh, the writers all stand up and, and say, well, you know, we, we're, we're not speaking about the prizes because we want to speak about Israel and Hamas. Yeah. And at a certain point, you, you just, you, you have to wonder why just this horrific conflict? Why just this disaster of, of humanity? Why, why just here? Yep. Which isn't to take anything away from the disaster of humanity. It's just to ask, you know, wh- where is your outrage on these, these other issues? And I think the answer is, is pretty obvious. But you know, if I have to spell it out for people, then they're really not thinking. Well, a lot of them um, are not so. thinking. They're just going along with what these progressive groups and publications tell them they should be thinking. I'm not saying everybody. Uh, most people uh, who are listening to this program, this station, uh, who listen to progressive media have discerning opinions that they think for themselves. But the masses don't. And they just don't understand that they're being um, uh proselytized to believe a certain way. And the fact that this is happening on college campuses and the rise of anti-Semitism is levels that I've never seen in my very long life so far is disturbing on so many levels. It's disturbing and it's frightening. And and to watch governments kind of paralyzed like deer in the headlights. I've never been prouder of Joe Biden, by the way. He's got a spine and spine seems to be missing in a lot of places right now. (laughs) I loved what the atheist Sam Harris, you know, Sam Harris, famous atheist. Mm -hmm. He's written very elegantly on this conflict. But the bottom line is, it's the Maya Angelou quote. If somebody tells you who they are, you should believe them. If somebody tells you 
that their goal is to wipe out an entire people, you should believe them. Yes. Um, and I, I'm with you um, that that uh, the government of Israel uh, prior to October 7th was they they were Trump with different accents. Yes. They were horrifying. And 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 yet somehow um, nobody says, well, we had Donald Trump, therefore America shouldn't exist from the Atlantic to the Pacific. <laughs> exactly. Let's free America. Right. Yep. From the from the MAGA Republicans. That that doesn't happen. Nope. And when I hear I, I actually sat down to lunch once with um, family by marriage and they were going on and on about the occupation, which I I think is a travesty. It really shouldn't be happening. And, you know, but again, how do you negotiate with people who don't want to negotiate? But this person was going on and on about, you know, who had this land first. And we're having this lunch in rural Oregon. And I said, well, it wasn't very long ago that this lovely property where your art studio is and your home is built belonged to an entirely different group of people. Go figure. Much more recently. Yeah. Perhaps you'd care to give it back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And, and that it's, doesn't, doesn't it, happen. No, it doesn't. And one can only dig a little deeper and see the rising tide of um, hostilities towards you and me because we happen to be Jewish. Um, and it's not only you and me, it's everywhere. And what's happening on college campuses is frightening. Um, it, I'm, I'm, I wasn't alive during the 30s, but uh, boy, the the echoes of history repeats itself are loud and clear. And you know and that's I, when my I hackles also come add up. To that, I, I want to add into that to be to be really fair. There, there's been horrific behavior towards our Muslim community here yes, in there this has. country, and I just think you would agree with me that that both are execrable and must be addressed and stopped. And people have a right to practice their views and opinions, even if we completely disagree. I mean, what it is to be progressive? Yeah, is that w- we safeguard the free speech of others. And I'm so sorry that this show and any chance that things will change, by the way, with the seconds we have left. Oh no, no. Because even if they, they came around (laughs) and admitted that they were wrong, um, (laughs) I tell them to take that job and, you know, which is not why your listeners love you. Yeah. Nicole Sandler, thank you so much. I know that people will find you, but if, if they can't, they can just Google your name, Nicole Sandler. They'll find your website. They'll find your YouTube talk show. They'll be charmed by you and entertained by you. And thank you for being a progressive voice that's a little bit different <laughs> than what's being required of us right now. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Tori. Me too. WCPT, Santita Jackson show. That is Tori Ryder, who is filling in for Santita Jackson today. Uh, I do have that interview posted on my blog at NicoleSandler.com. And um, uh, feel free to share it. Okay, you know what time it is now, don't you? Oh, hold on. I've got the wrong, (laughs) cut the wrong thing up. Let's do it this way. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and French fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. 
It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth oranges. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Oh, hello, Howie Klein. Hey, Nicole. How are you? Pretty good. And you? Oh, I'm hanging in there. It's been a, it's been a week. Um, I, I can't wait for the weekend so I can unplug from everything. Um, but there's a lot of news, a lot of news uh, to talk about. We have uh, uh, a deal to uh, avoid a shutdown. No thanks to the Republicans in Congress. Right. It's kind of a deal more to uh, postpone the shutdown than than to uh than to avoid a shutdown. I think that nothing really has changed. They just have a little time, and they've shown that they can't get anything done. I mean, the Republicans are are like a smashed-up uh, group of uh, tribalists rather than a party. You know, MAGA Mike has not unified them at all. They're, they're all on their own, and they don't, they don't feel any cohesion as a party. No, and, and um, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was it was very lopsided where um, almost all the Democrats voted for it and almost all the Republicans voted against it. Well, 57 percent of the Republicans, uh, that's all they got. OK, so, uh, you know, that's, not, that's not quite almost fun. all of them, but yeah, um, I, I, I hear you, but not not enough. They couldn't have done it without the Democratic help. And the Democrats were saying, no way we're going to let you shut down the government. Well, uh, yeah, that's what the Democrats said. They didn't want to shut down the government. So they gave so they did lend uh, them a hand. Uh, you know, the, the, the problem is that the Democrats didn't have enough time to read the thing, and it was, it was not a good deal. They, they thought they were voting on a clean bill, and in a way it was kind of clean, but the Republicans uh, pulled some shenanigans, moving some money around, so they could say, well, there's no change in the, in the amount. And there wasn't a change in the amount, but they, they, they took, for example, they took money away from federal prosecutors um, uh. and put it somewhere else. So little little tricks like that that dem- the, the Democrats wouldn't have voted for if they had if they had enough time to read this thing thoroughly and study it and see where the Republicans made, um, you know, made some changes. So I think that's going to piss them off, and I don't think that uh, next time they'll be as kind uh, to the Republicans uh, when they come crying that they need help. Right. No, I hope not. Now, now, question. Um, Kevin McCarthy was ousted from the Republican speaker's position for um, for for enlisting the help of the Democrats a lot less than uh, this Johnson guy did yesterday. So um, is he long for this world? I don't think so. I think the the Republicans feel the, the far right Republicans feel he's one of them. And that's why they were excited about him. But now that he's proving not to be one of them, they think, and they're pissed. They wanted a shutdown. Yeah. And I, I think that um, Maga Mike want, wants a shutdown. But, you know, he's in a position now where he, he's not supposed to want it. So it's kind of an awkward situation. I think he set up 
a January, um, I think it's January 19th situation. So it, it can't pass. I mean, he, what they're trying to do now, see what they always used to do is they would wait to the last minute and then pass this omnibus bill that smushed all the departments together and they would just pass one bill and that would be it. They did that every single year. Well, this time, the Republican far right said no more omnibus bills. We have to pass each bill one at a time. Well, they, they can't pass each bill one at a time because they're not voting for it. They they want, you know, I mean, they're they putting these insane uh, amendments onto the bills like, you know, the secretary of the department salary shall be one dollar a year. <laughs> and and they're doing lots of crazy stuff like that, like, you know, getting rid of, uh, you know, and, and all the kinds of things that they hate. They're 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 just saying, we, well, we can't have that this and we can't have that. Well, the Senate won't approve it. Biden won't sign it. And the Democrats aren't going to vote for it in the House either. And there and there there are a number of I don't want to say moderate because they're not moderate, but let's say mainstream conservative Republicans in the House who are voting against this crap as well. So so the party can't pass any of these. You know, there are tw- instead of one omnibus, now there's 12 um, appropriations bills and they can't pass them. You know, they passed some. Others failed. The, the, the latest one, they can't even get a rule to put it on the floor. So it's, they haven't even had a chance to vote for it yet. They're just they're just absolutely a mess. And there's no reason to believe that when they come back after Thanksgiving, that they're going to be able to to change anything, to pass anything. Right. So it's a mess. The far right is just saying, no, they won't. They won't vote for anything. They're sitting there saying if it's either our way or the highway. Well, their way won't even pass among Republicans. I mean, there are enough Republicans who won't. For example. The Republicans in New York State, and mm-hmm. there are enough of them to to kill to kill the uh, to kill the bill. Mm-hmm. They they're not voting against something that cuts Amtrak. They they're saying you know we want more money for Amtrak, not to kill Amtrak. And you know if they voted against Amtrak, they would they would lose their 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 seats. Sure, their their uh, constituents depend on Amtrak. So. Uh, so what's happening is the the far right is saying, well, we're not voting for a bill unless it kills Amtrak. The more more establishment uh, mainstream conservatives are saying we're not voting for a bill if it kills Amtrak. Well, well, where do you go from there? Uh, I, I have no idea. I don't. So you know- go to you go to Jeffries and, and say let's make a deal. Yeah. And the the far right it, it won't allow that. Uh, and. Uh, and the Democrats are pissed off because they got taken, taken uh, advantage of. So they're not going to give in easy this time. They're going to uh, they're going to uh, ask for, for stuff that is just going to get re- the Republicans angry. So they're not going to give their votes away for free, in other words. Well, I should hope not. But um, uh, again, you know, it's it's up to them to be the responsible adults in the room and not not allow the government to shut down over nonsense like this. Um, so, and then they, they, they got the vote, they got, got it passed with democratic help because it was the only way it was going to pass. And then they, then they bolted, they left until after Thanksgiving. So, um, boy, they're getting nothing done. They bolted because the, um, the rule that I was just talking about didn't pass. So they tried to pass a rule to bring another one of these um, appropriation bills, one of the 12, on, onto the floor. Well, it can't go onto the floor unless a rule passes first, and uh. the rule didn't pass. So they couldn't even vote on, on the actual bill. And then uh, 
you know, Maga Mike basically threw up his hands and said, okay, everybody go home and we'll come back after Thanksgiving. Uh, and in the meantime, the, you know, the 12 amendments came up, you know, and they were all crazy stuff. You know, anything that, you know, encourages diversity in this department will be unfunded. You know, I mean, they're, they're just like children. Literally, they're just like, you know, it's always the same clowns. You know, Marjorie Trader Green and Lauren Boebert and Matt, Matt Gates. Gates. Yeah, they're Ugh. all coming up there with their crazy amendments. Um, yeah, they are. And they keep going. Now, you have a, a piece up at downwithtyranny.com, just put up uh, some hours ago. The headline is, do you ever feel like Congress is disintegrating before our eyes? That's exactly what Trump wants. Why is that what Trump wants? So he can take full control and say, I, I am the decider? Yeah. What he wants is lots of chaos, uh, lots of uh, dysfunction. Uh, and he's, so he could say, you know, America needs a strong man to come in and clean up this mess. The fact that he's making the mess, he's telling his uh, allies in Congress, you know, uh, you know, screw everything up, just get, make everything terrible, just so that we get the headline saying that Congress is a mess. And people who don't pay attention, which I would say is probably 75% of the people in this country at, at, at best, uh, they, they don't know who's causing the problem. They just know there's a problem. And then Trump saying, you know, this is a mess. I'll clean it up. You need a strong man that that appeals to them. So that's that's what the problem is right now. And he's doing the same thing in the Senate where, you know, his closest ally in the Senate is Tommy Tuberville. And he's just sitting there uh, not allowing any of these uh, Pentagon promotions to go through. And and they're not doing anything about it. And, uh, you know, and these senators are so uh, jealous of their prerogatives to do things like that that then they won't vote against him. It's just a total mess. And, and Trump is just laughing up his sleeve. He's, he's, he's getting exactly what he wants in both houses of Congress. Yeah. Uh, and, and there they go. So now on the Senate side, they passed it quickly. Was it, was it uh, bipartisan? Yeah, it okay. was bipartisan. They, you know, there were obviously there were a bunch of Republicans who were against it, but but basically, uh, most Republicans and all Democrats voted for it. No, I think there were two Democrats who voted against it, but I, and I don't remember why. But it was, you know, just didn't matter. Uh, but the but the Republicans in this, even in the Senate, which is the more adult of the two chambers, if you can put it that way. Um, they still can't get their shit together because you got Tommy Tuberville, who, you know, his has no qualifications to be a U.S. senator. But this is the thinking of too many people in this country these days. Let's get someone who's never had anything to do with government to run the government. So so this is a a southern football coach. And um, now he has been for I don't know how many days now holding up all military promotions. Nine months. Nine months. Thank you. And while some Republicans like Lindsey Graham are calling him out, others like Mitch McConnell won't even stand up and vote to apparently there's a plan in the works to uh, to basically discount his protest uh, and and to be able to pass these promotions without him uh, allowing it. Um, And Mitch McConnell won't go for that. Is that okay? 
Yes, I mean, basically, Mitch McConnell did not vote in the Rules Committee. He, he's a member of the Rules Committee. He didn't vote for the, the rule that would allow this thing. So it's still passed because the Democrats have a, a two-vote majority on the Rules Committee. It's nine to seven. All the Democrats voted for it. All the Republicans voted against it because they were waiting to do what McConnell told them to do. And what McConnell said is, let's give um, our Republican colleagues a chance to talk to Berville uh, into agreeing before we you know, make <laughs> these changes to the way the Senate works. Well, they've been trying to talk him into it for nine Hello? months, literally nine right. months. And he said he will never agree to it, ever. <laughs> no. So, so, so McConnell is full of shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's sort of um, a, a, a redundancy, but yeah, he is. And, uh, and so are, are they going to be able to get this passed without, without McConnell? No, they can't. You, they, they can't. You, you need uh, you need they would need 10 Republicans to go against him. And they don't have it. They have I think they have four. Oh, my God. It's a giant clusterfuck. It is. It's, it's just a, a complete mess. You know, and, and, you know, they're doing the same thing with ambassadors. They're not they're not um, letting uh, uh, Biden's ambassadors through. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of people who are saying that the reason there there are various reasons for why this is happening, especially the tuba bill part of this. And, you know, one is to create this idea that there's a lot of chaos and dysfunction. And there's another one, which if, if none of these um, people are, are confirmed, then Trump comes in and puts the people he wants in the positions. If he, they could, they think he's going to win and they want to, uh, you know, make sure that he hasn't, you know, Tuberville is, is blocking approximately 350 uh, high-ranking officers. And if Trump gets a chance to put in people that he wants to put in and who are then loyal to him, that'll help, uh, you know, with, with the, the whatever he plans to do in the future. <laughs> I, 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 he's going to die in the future. I think he came oh. into the Senate thinking that that's going to be his last job. No, I don't mean Tuberville. Oh. I, I, Trump oh. thinks he's, uh, uh, you know, Tuberville is, is stopping any appointments so that Trump can make the appointments. Oh, I see. Oh, God. Oh, the whole thing is just so absurd. It's hard to, you know, to grok it all because it just doesn't make sense. If the goal is to destroy the country, to put us in a really weakened position as the well, world is at war, um, yeah, they're doing a great job of it. Yep. Well, these are the Russo Republicans. They also told McConnell, you know, there, there are six of them. You know, so so Tuberville is, is the, the front guy, but there are five others. So there are six who, who are basically threatening McConnell that they will make his life miserable, that they will talk other Republicans into, uh, you know, dethroning him. I mean, McConnell's not going to run again. He's, no. you know, old and sick, but he, he would like to go out as, uh, you know, the longest-serving Republican leader. He already is that. Right. And he doesn't want to give up his job as Republican leader. He wants to leave the Senate as Republican leader. And they're telling him, you know, they're threatening him. You know, uh, Rick uh, Scott ran against him. Right. But you know, uh, Josh Hawley is telling him, you know, if you, uh, you know, if, if you, uh, yesterday told him, if you, if you vote for this in the Rules Committee, uh, there'll be a problem. And that, that was a threat that they would... Um, you know, they, they would somehow figure out how to dethrone him. <sighs> so, yes, it's, it's a, a giant clusterfuck. It's a very big mess. They want chaos. They want dysfunction. They want enemy. That's all for Trump. And they think it's going to help to elect him. 
because oh, it looks bad that Biden is the president and all this horror is happening both in the Senate and the House. Uh, but yeah, on the Republican side, because the Democrats, well, there's still discord in in the ranks, but it's nowhere near as dysfunctional as on the Republican side. Not that right, that's saying a whole lot. I know that, you know, we, we pay close attention. Most people aren't paying any attention no. at all. They don't even know any of this is happening. No. And when it, we get closer to the election and all of this starts to come up uh, for, you know, the, the tens of millions of people who, who are not focused on this the way we are, then they'll just see, oh, there's a mess and Biden's the president. It's his fault. Um, so, Howie Klein, have you made plans or are you thinking about uh, plans for if this former guy gets back into office somehow? No. No. Remember when Nixon became president, I left the country. I mm-hmm. stayed out of the country for uh, uh, over six years. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't think I'm going to do that again. I'm, I'm like old. I don't, you know, it's, I'll have to just live with it the way it is. Um, okay, I, I get you. So, um, so Howie Klein. So there's, you know, the in this election coming up, each Senate terms go for six years, um, yes. and a, each year it's what a third of the Senate is up for uh, yes. has their seats up every. And so some years the map is better for Democrats. Some years it's better for Republicans. There are more either Democratic or Republican seats up for uh, up for grabs. Uh, this time, it's not great for the Democrats. It's better it's for, terrible the, for the Democrats. Right. And then you had Joe Manchin, as we expected. He, he can't win reelection. So he's decided he's not running again. But he may mount a third party uh, run for the presidency. Like, give me a fucking break. But so that makes the pressure even more higher on the Democrats to find um, to pick up more seats. One possible seat, you had mentioned Josh Hawley. He is up and it's our old pal, Lucas Kuntz, who is running again, who has a really good chance of beating him this time, right? Well. Or am I wrong? Well, not a really good chance. Okay. Uh, Missouri is a very, very red state, mm-hmm. but he has a chance. He okay. does have a chance. Has a chance if we all come out and vote, if we all support him and, and everybody in Missouri goes out and votes for him. Yeah, I mean, and he's working really, really hard to make that happen. So, you know, he, he, I wouldn't say he has a really good chance. I would say he has a chance. He's a really good candidate, that's for sure. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a very, very tough state. Now, polling is neck and neck. So, you know, that's, that's a really good thing uh, because you wouldn't expect that from, uh, you know, a Democrat in, in, a, in a very, very red state like that. But... But he's he's cat, he's catching up. Um, what other what other Senate races do Democrats stand a chance to pick up a seat? Because that's the only way we survive this. Uh, none. Oh God. There are no, there's not one that that's you know the Democrats are defending seats. Yes. Uh, but, but in terms of picking up seats, you know there's you know Missouri, but it, it's going to be really tough. Florida. Really tough. Oh, God. Well, let's talk about Florida for a second. So uh, Rick Scott is up. Voldemort. He was a horrible governor before he was ever elected governor. He was um, he he, he had come out of uh, the uh, he he owned a health uh, hospital chain, Columbia HCA Health Corporation of America. And 
As such, he was on trial, his company, for the perpetuating the biggest Medicare fraud ever in U.S. history against the people. And, and they were found innocent, right? I don't think they were. No, I think they paid no, a they huge were, fine. Found guilty, and it was the biggest. It was the biggest at the time. It was the biggest fine that ever. had ever been levied against That's a right. private company. And Rick Voldemort Scott uh, took the fifth, however many hundred times on the stand, he refused to answer any questions on the grounds that it would incriminate him. And yet, it the people, have. the idiots in Florida, went ahead and elected him not only to two terms as governor, but now to the Senate, where he's running for re-election again. Who did the Democrats run against him? The woman who couldn't even win re-election to a house seat in Miami, Debbie Mercasell Powell. So somebody yes. who couldn't and a, win a her little leaning house seat as well, by the way. Yes. So yeah. how's she going to win? How's she going to win in a in a you know increasingly red uh, red state? She has nothing to say. She has no. She can't make a case. It's just absolutely pathetic. Yeah. Um, it, it, it completely pathetic. So Florida, uh, it, my God, Nikki Freed would have been a better candidate because I've actually come to really respect her since she took over the Florida Democratic Party. She's actually trying to make some noise. Debbie Mercasell Powell is astounding to me uh, because the Florida Democrats are again saying, yeah, we got nothing. That's right. And that's one of the only states where there's any chance and there really is no chance. So the best I think Democrats can hope for to retain this majority, which, again, is a one seat majority, is that they defend all their seats and that one of which is new is is, uh, West Virginia. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) So maybe it's going to be a 50 50 like we had. Um, Then we have a vice president, a vice president. Yes. Uh, Kamala Harris, who uh, would. So the Democrats would ostensibly have the majority, but it's where there it's a it's sort of a power sharing thing like they did a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be a real problem. Now, we met uh, Zach Shrewsbury and he's running for uh, the, for West, the West Virginia seat. I mean, yeah. you know, he's going to work real hard. And if anyone can do it, you know, he, he would be able to do it. So let, let's, you know, that's another place for people who want to get involved. That's, that's a good place to get involved. Uh, you know, saving that West Virginia seat by appealing to working class people. I guess. And, and we know West Virginia is a unique um, animal, if you can call a state an animal. But I know when Zach was on with us, um, I, I mean, I felt bad because I asked him, we had another shooting right before he came on and I asked him about guns and he's like, I don't have an answer for that. Um, hopefully, look, he was a new candidate. Um, there are times like these that I wish Joel Silberman was still alive for, for a whole variety of reasons. But my God, so many of the candidates could really use somebody like him to help them formulate uh, a, a, a stance on the issues that they could easily articulate to get their point across. Um, I think we're lacking in people like that, uh, unless you know of some who we need to get out there and put to work. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the answer is there. Um, all right. So, so what else? What, oh, 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 George Santos. Talk about a soap <laughs> opera of the Congress. So now the ethics committee ruled uh, against him, but they wouldn't oust him. But but George Santos sees the writing on the wall and says, OK, now I'm not going to run for reelection. 
Well, um, Michael Guest from um, uh, from Mississippi is the is the chair of of that of that um, ethics committee, and and tomorrow or he's or I guess tomorrow, yeah, I think he said tomorrow he's introducing a bill to ex- to expel uh, Santos. Uh, also, several other people uh, are introducing bills to ex- ex- um, expel him, and a, quite a few members of Congress who voted against expelling him last time have already said they're voting for expelling him. Now, the problem with that uh, for MAGA Mike is that the Republicans only have a four-vote majority. If, if, they, um, if they expel him, they're, they're, you know, they're in even bigger trouble than they're in now. So, so MAGA Mike may, may hate him, but he, he, doesn't want to, he doesn't want to expel him. Right. No, no, they don't want to expel him. And actually, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Didn't under, I didn't understand Jamie Raskin's reasoning for not— And Jamie's to, one of the people, by the way, who said he's going to, uh, he's going to vote to expel. Oh, really? So yeah. he's changed his tune, changed. but I guess now— Change, He changed his mind. Well, he said, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to have due, due process. process. We can't just— uh, we can't just do this, uh, you know, because we, we we have a feeling that something's wrong. There has to be proof that something's wrong. And now he's got the proof. And he said today he's voting to expel. Um, OK, well, that's good to know. And so now he but he ha- the ethics committee found against him. So I guess that's all Jamie needed. He needed some kind of due process to say yeah. we find that he's guilty of all these infractions and he needs to go. So now yeah. George Santos says, "Okay, all right then, I won't run for re-election." Well, he was never going to run for re-election anyway, but now he's admitting that he won't run for re-election. Aye, aye, aye. But and, and he, what he basically he's saying is, "Please don't expel me." Um, you know, I'm not going to run for re-election. That, that's that's his that's his thing right now. Oh Don't expel God. me. I'm not going to run. But that means he'll be in there for another year. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, no, we don't want him in there for another year. Uh, you know, and the other thing that they're very nervous about is that in, his trial starts in September. And, and it doesn't mean it's going to end in September. So it starts in the middle of September. And, let, you know, let's say it just goes into October. Well, this is right before the election. And, and first of all, the, the, none of the New York and New Jersey congressmen want him running. While, you know, and every day people pick up in the newspaper and see this Republican has been stealing money from his donors. I mean, that's, yes. a, that's a pretty big deal because what he's doing, you, you donate with a credit card. He's stealing the credit card numbers. He stole a half a million dollars from donors. Oh, my God. From elderly donors. Oh, um, who, well, Trump know, does that too, and enough. Trump's been doing that too, and he and they yes. still love him. Yeah, they do. They still love him. Some some people sued to get their money back, but they and, still and, will vote for him. <laughs> well, maybe I, so there are there are individuals who are pissed off at him, but it, it, it you know on, in general it, it was just some people. Whereas with um, you know, and it was a presidential thing and, you know, millions of donors, whereas with Santos, he was stealing money from all of his donors, yes. and especially old people who gave a lot. That's, that's who they targeted. And what's he doing with it? He's putting the money in his own pocket. He's, he was using it, I think you probably read, for porn sites. And, uh, and I think the porn site he was using, is, it was more than just a porn site. It's a porn site where you can actually uh, hook up with the, with the people. Oh, God. So he was doing that. 
and but he's getting Botox. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's using contributors' money, stolen contributors' money for Botox. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Anyway, the other New York and New Jersey members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, don't want people picking up the newspaper while they're while the campaign is really active in the last month and reading that here's a Republican stealing money from donors, you know, it's going to make people like think twice about giving their credit cards to, to Republicans as, it, as they should. Exactly. As they should. Who would, don't friends don't let friends give their credit cards to Republicans. Damn it. <laughs> God, one last question for you, Howie Klein, as we're getting at the end of the hour. Um, and I encourage everyone to read downwithtyranny.com because um, you're working on a book, on your memoir, and every now and then we get a nice little uh, tidbit from it at Down With Tyranny. And this time, you wrote this three days ago, something for my memoir, I Had Sex in the White House. <laughs> what? Yes, I did. <laughs> when? In 98? It wasn't, it, wasn't, it was it wasn't full on sex and, and it wasn't even in the, I was not like I was horny and in the mood or anything, but we just did it just to have, just for the, to say, yeah, we had sex. It was, it was minor sex. Minor sex. So not, not full on, just no, uh, no, no. heavy petting, but no. still great story. And count. on it the, sex. It was, on it was the, enough to count, it was enough to count, but not enough to, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah. Like, what do you have to do to be in the Mile High Club? Right. How, how far do you have to go? Well, good question. So, but a, a good name for a band, White House Sex. <laughs> Maybe. Or I had sex in the White House. I had sex. Well, that's a little too long. Sex in the <laughs> White House. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Things we, we uh, occupy our minds with. Uh, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and time off and, and to step away from the craziness. All I can say is D.C. is completely uh, more foobar than ever. And um, yeah, they're doing a good job for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Howie Klein, uh, as always, thank you. <laughs> Terrence says that would make a good bumper sticker, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what? I had sex in the White House. It could be like a, a, um, a, you know, an exclusive club. We can name some other people who've had sex in the White House, but but some some of them you don't want to think about. No. So absolutely. there's that. All right, Howie. Um, next week is Thanksgiving, so we will right. Next week is Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, we will not be here. Um, so the following week, I guess I'll talk to you then. Oh, good. Thanks. Okay. Have a have very happy Thanksgiving and. Um, We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Howie Klein, everyone. Uh, By the way, Thanksgiving Day this year falls on November 23rd. Um, You've heard, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you've heard me talk about uh, adopting my daughter, Allison. And when I adopted her in 2000, uh, Thanksgiving fell on November 23rd. So it's our forever day. So I, and my kid won't be here. One more thing for me to be depressed about. All right. With that, um, one thing to be happy about is tomorrow, Marcy Wheeler will be here. So uh, we got that to look forward to. Have a great one. Peace out.